Hey folks, my name is Jason. I'm one of the pastors at Clearview Community Church, and I'm so excited that you have taken the time to check us out today. Please, if at any time you want to reach out or you have questions about what you hear, do not hesitate to let us know. We would love to hear from you. For a few years, I was training Muay Thai kickboxing. So I had my headgear and my shin guards, my boxing gloves, and I came home one day and this is what I saw. This is a picture of our youngest Uriah in my, in my kickboxing gear. And of course, his sister Eden had to try everything on because they want it to be like daddy. Have you ever noticed how children imitate their parents? They imitate the good things we do and sometimes the not so good things. So as parents, we have to be very aware of the example we are setting. Well, today, I want us to look at the example Jesus has left for us to follow. So if you have your Bibles, please turn with me to Ephesians 5, 1 through 2. The Apostle Paul writes this, Imitate God, therefore, in everything you do, because you are his dear children. Live a life filled with love, following the example of Christ. He loved us and offered himself as a sacrifice for us. Paul says here that as children of God, if, if you have placed your faith in Jesus, you are to imitate your heavenly father. The word translate imitate is the word where we get our English word mimic and mime. So the picture that Paul gives us here is that we are to mimic or imitate God in the same way my children mimic their father. Paul says imitate God. Now, when I read that, it sounds kind of daunting. When I think of God and how amazing he is, how could I possibly imitate him? Uh, you know, well, take a deep breath. Paul encourages us here to imitate in just one characteristic of God in this moment, the way he loves. We are to live a life of love, that love is to be based on God's demonstration of his love for us in his son, Jesus. We are to love others the same way that Jesus loves us and gave himself up for us. Paul is echoing Jesus' words in John 13, 34, when he says, so now I am giving you a new commandment. Love each other just as I have loved you. You should love each other. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. Not only did Jesus command his followers to love each other in the same way he had loved us, but he made it clear that our love for one another would be a measurement of whether or not we were truly his disciples. If we are going to claim to be followers of Jesus, then we need to follow in his footsteps and live a life of love. So how do we love others like Jesus loved us? Now, when I proposed to my wife, Sarah, I, I sent her on a relaxing day at the spa. I took her out to dinner, and then we went for a nice walk in a Japanese flower garden. I got down on one knee and said, Sarah Lynn Travis, <laughs> I'm so glad you waited for me. Just so you know, I was a little slow on asking her out. And I said, I love you so much. I can't promise everything will be easy. I can't promise a lot of money or that uh, I won't make mistakes, but I promise I will love you. Sarah Travis, will you marry me? She of course said yes. What I didn't know in that moment was the reality of love. I perhaps had watched a little too many Hollywood romance movies and you know what I have learned over the years? Real love is more than a feeling. You know, that, that people say, oh, you know, I, I love him because he, I have that feeling in my tummy when he walks in the room or, you know, she gives me butterflies. Hear me on this. Genuine love is what you do in spite of what you feel. Real love is so much more than a feeling and Jesus demonstrated that for us. So I want to share with you four ways that Jesus exhibits real love. 
The first truth about real love is this. Love costs something. I'm not sure that we really consider all that it costs Jesus to love us. We recognize that ultimately it would cost him his life, but have you ever sat down and considered what else it costs Jesus to show his love? First, it, it costs Jesus his glory. In Philippians 2, 5 through 8, we read, You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. We can't even begin to imagine what that must have been like because none of us are God. But Jesus set aside the glory of heaven. For 33 years, he walked this world that he himself created. He endured contempt and mockery and shame from those he created because he loves us. Secondly, it, it cost Jesus physical pain. The prophet Isaiah described the pain that Jesus would suffer in Isaiah 53, 5. But he was pierced for our rebellion, crushed for our sins. He was beaten so we could be whole. He was whipped so we could be healed. Thirdly, it costs Jesus his relationship with the Father. As bad as all those other things must have hurt Jesus, I think the greatest pain he suffered was the moment when he's on the cross, when all the sins of humanity, my sin and your sin, were placed upon him, and as a result, his relationship with the Father is broken, and Jesus cries out, Matthew 27, 46, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani, which means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Jesus' love for us cost him something. It cost him a lot. The Apostle John would later write how we need to love others even when it costs us greatly. 1 John 3, 16 says, We know what real love is because Jesus gave up his life for us. So we also ought to give up our lives for our brothers and sisters. It cost Jesus his life to love us. And if necessary, we ought to be willing to pay that price, that same price to love others. Now, if I'm completely transparent, I'm embarrassed to think about how many times I fall short of loving others as much as I love my own life. Listen to me. Far more times than I'd like to admit, I failed to love others because I wasn't willing to give up something, maybe my time, maybe it just wasn't convenient at the time, or even more likely, I just was being selfish with my time. And there was something else I wanted to do than to love someone else. There have been times when I failed to love others because I wasn't willing to part with some of my financial resources that God had actually blessed me with. And what about the times I didn't love someone else because, well, I was worried about what others would think. I was worried more about the fact that loving those the world has labeled maybe unlovable might cost me my reputation more than I was concerned about loving people. Folks, if we want to imitate the love of God, then we need to love others even when it costs me greatly. That is what love is. The second way that we can imitate Jesus in love is to recognize love isn't always deserved. I, I don't know about you, but there, are, there have been times in my life where people just ticked me right off. I mean, people hurt me, people have been mean to me, and some have even intentionally hurt me. Trust me, there are times they do not deserve my love, but this is not Jesus' love toward us. Romans 5.8, this is the message version, says, we can understand someone dying for a person worthy, uh, worth dying for, and we can understand how someone good and noble can inspire us to, to selfless sacrifice. But God put his love on the line for us by offering his son in sacrificial death while we were of no use whatsoever to him. The NIV says, 
But God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. I want you to understand this. Jesus did not love you because you were deserving of his love. If, if we're not careful, we compare our lives with those around us. We make a judgment call because we think our lives aren't as jacked up as the guy down the street. I'm, I'm a pretty good person, but Tom, well, Tom, Tom is screwed up. Listen, there was nothing in your life worth dying for, nothing. But Jesus did it anyway because he loves you. As we observe the life of Jesus while he's walking on the earth, we find that Jesus always loved those who others considered unlovable, the poor, the diseased, the tax collectors, and the social outcasts. So listen to me. If we are to imitate the love of Jesus, then we need to learn to love those who others say are unlovable. Here's what Jesus told us in Matthew 5, 44, 47. But I say, love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. In that way, you will be acting as true children of your Father in heaven. For he gives his sunlight to both the evil and the good, and he sends rain on the just and the unjust alike. If you love only those who love you, what reward is there for that? Even corrupt tax collectors do that much. If you are kind only to your friends, how are you any different from anyone else? Even pagans do that. It's easy to love those who love us and treat us well. But the real test of your love is how you treat those who mistreat you or those who are different than you. We live in a world, friends, where those different than us are now seen as our enemy. Different political views, different medical decisions, different worldviews. Anyone who doesn't think the same as me, I couldn't possibly, possibly love them. And that's, that's complete nonsense, it's complete garbage. Pastor Rick Warren said this way, our culture has accepted two huge lies. The first is that if you disagree with someone's lifestyle, you must fear or hate them. The second is that to love someone means you agree with everything they believe or do. Both are nonsense. You don't have to compromise conviction to be compassionate. You can love someone and not see eye to eye on many issues. If we are going to imitate the love of God, then we have to learn to love those different than us. Learn to love those who are hard to love and those who don't deserve our love. And let's be honest, every single one of us are hard to love at times. If you are married, just ask your spouse over lunch today. The fact is, no matter how much I'd like to think differently, I'm pretty hard to love sometimes. But God loves me anyway, even though I don't deserve it. So if I want to imitate God's love, then I must love everyone, especially those who don't deserve it. Now, this coming week is Valentine's Day. In case you forgot, men, this is your official reminder. Don't worry, I've got your back, but what you do with that information is now up to you. But here is the deal. Saying I love you is great. It's actually pretty common in our home. I'll ask my kids, so do you know that, you, Dad, do you know that Daddy loves you? And they'll say, oh yes, Daddy. Well, how do you know that? Daddy, because you tell us all the time. And that's good, that's a good thing. However, saying I love you, as important as that is, if my actions didn't match my words, or I didn't express love in a tangible way at some point, I think my words could be questioned. See, the third way we could imitate Jesus' love is to understand love is an action. It's not, not just words or emotions. God could have just told us how much he loves us. He could have simply written it in the Bible. He could have uh, put it in the sky, in sky writing, I love you. Could have been seen by everyone. But God didn't just declare his love for us. He, was, he demonstrated it 
by his actions. God's ultimate act of love was one that he had planned before the beginning of time. In, in a very well-known verse, some of you guys might have heard it before, in John 3.16 it says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. God loved so much that he gave. He took action that demonstrated his love toward us. Unfortunately, as I mentioned, for us in our culture today, we have completely corrupted the whole concept of love. You just need to maybe look at some movies or popular songs. Here are just a few titles from 2021 pop songs. Positions by Ariana Grande. Kiss Me by Doja Cat. Leave the Door Open by Silk Sonic. You Broke Me First by Tate McRae or Beautiful Mistakes by Maroon 5. Just, just that short list kind of shows the, how our culture defines love. At best, it's an emotional attachment to someone uh, or perhaps just physical attraction. But God's love for us goes far beyond words or emotion. If we are going to imitate God's love, then our love must be greater than the world's concept of love. The Apostle John writes in 1 John 3.18, Dear children, let us not love with words or tongue, but with actions and in truth. In his book, Mere Christianity, C.S. Lewis wrote this, The rule for all of us is perfectly simple. Do not waste time uh, bothering whether you love your neighbor. Act as if you did. As soon as we do this, we find one of the great secrets. When we are behaving as if we love someone, you will presently come to love him. A love that imitates Jesus is more than just an emotion. It is a choice that we make to put the well-being of the other person ahead of our own. Jesus wasn't hanging on the cross saying, oh, this feels so great. This is definitely increasing my level of happiness and comfort. No, he showed his love for us by giving his life. Remember, love is what you do in spite of what you feel. It was his choice to love with more than just words. And so genuine love that reflects Jesus requires action on our part. James, uh, Jesus' little brother, uh, drives this point home in James 2.15. Suppose a brother or sister is without clothes and daily food. If one of you says to him, go, I wish you well, keep warm and well fed, but does nothing about his physical needs, what good is it? If I want to imitate God's love, then I must be willing to take whatever action is required to meet the needs of others, regardless of my feelings for the other person. And lastly, if I'm to love like Jesus, love must be given freely. Jesus states in John 10, 17, the reason my father loves me is that I lay down my life only to take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down for of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down and authority to take it up again. This command I received from my Father. The greatest act of love in history was not coerced or forced, even though the Jewish leaders and the Roman authorities condemned Jesus by nailing him on the cross and the mobs of people were shouting, crucify him. Jesus willingly laid down his life. As he prayed in the Garden of Gethsemane, as just before he's arrested, Luke 22 tells us, Jesus said, Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me, yet not my will, but yours be done. Jesus was committed to carrying out his father's plan, so he willingly submitted himself to the will of his father and laid down his life for all of us in the greatest act of love the world has ever known. I've had people ask me, if, if God wanted us to love him, why couldn't he just you know, make us love him? Why, why does he leave it up to us whether or not we're gonna love him? 
It's a very simple answer. Genuine love, true love, cannot be forced. If the choice to love is taken away, it isn't real love at all. Love that imitates God is much more than just words or an emotion, but that doesn't mean that our attitude is not important when it comes to loving others. See, I can do all the right things out of a sense of obligation or because uh, that is what I'm expected to do. But that kind of love isn't genuine, nor is it freely given. In spite of the incredible cost Jesus knew he would pay, Jesus freely gave his life for us. So if we are going to imitate his love, our love needs to be freely given. So today, let me issue you a challenge. How are you loving those around you? As I mentioned, we live in a world that needs genuine love, sacrificial love, and a love that is exemplified. So many people I speak to have a difficulty understanding how God could love them, how his love toward them is freely given. It, it just seems too good to be true. And as I was writing this, I began to wonder if I exemplified a freely given love, if I would do that better, perhaps people would understand Jesus' love better. Folks, if, if you are a follower of Jesus, let us mimic, let us imitate the love we have experienced to those around us. God, help us to give freely. God, help us to be genuine. Help us not to only love when it's easy, but to be willing to go out of our way to love to love the hurting, the broken, the social outcast, the one who hurts us, and the one the world says is unlovable. God, help us to exemplify Jesus as individuals and as a church. Help us to love like Jesus. Loving like Jesus isn't easy, but that's what we are called to do. And if you're listening and you have never experienced the love of Jesus firsthand, perhaps this is your first time hearing that God loves you. Perhaps you have heard this message before and someone who should have shown God's love hurt you. Listen to me, those who follow Jesus don't always get it right. In fact, if I'm truthful, we, we often get it wrong. But that doesn't change the fact that God loves you. He sent Jesus to live a perfect life that we could not live, to die for our sins so we could receive forgiveness. And he rose again from death to give us an eternal life. So hear me, if you have never said yes to God's love, I want you to invite him into your life today, to say yes to him in this moment. You simply need to acknowledge that Jesus died for your sin. You know, I, I receive his forgiveness and I ask him to lead my life. I would encourage you to reach out to us. If you have any questions, we would love to speak with you. Why don't you join with, join with me as we pray? Jesus, we just thank you that you are the perfect example of love. You showed us what true love looks like. Jesus, I ask that as we desire to imitate you and love those around us, that you would help us. You would empower us and you would pick up the slack where we inevitably will fall short. God, help us to be a church that loves well, that is known for our love and exemplifies love for those who are reaching out to you, to God right now, who have never said yes to, to you, God. I just pray that they would receive your love, that they would acknowledge their need for you, and that you would do a transforming work in their lives. Jesus, we thank you for your love. In your name, amen. God bless you, my friends. We hope you have a blessed week. Take care.